You are listening to another DX Talk. Delivering vital knowledge that empowers leaders to drive transformational change in their businesses. Brought to you by Quantum, facilitators of future-focused operating models that balance people, processes, and technology towards a new way of working. Welcome to DX Talks, Episode 6. My name is Russell Berg. I am the General Manager of Emerging Technology and Product for Quanton. Robotic process automation has been considered a significant technical evolution in the automation landscape. Since its inception in the early 2000s, its capability has grown rapidly to assume a prominent position in the enterprise technology mix and be a strategic lever for digital transformation. That's directly supported by analyst firms like Gartner, who have claimed robotic process automation is the fastest growing segment, sorry, segment of the global enterprise software market. In today's episode, I'm going to explore the growth to date of RPA as a technology, the expected future growth, and the current adoption trends in the market, both in Australia and New Zealand. This episode was originally recorded and intended for release in early March prior to the full impact of coronavirus and the response of the New Zealand government. We haven't altered the recording to consider the full impacts of coronavirus, but we have reflected the current business challenges in an article which covers and summarises this podcast. We're going to drop a link to that article into the show notes. This episode is also now the first instalment of a three-part content series, which will be followed by part two. Part two will focus on how businesses can operate in the new post-coronavirus environment, And the third part will focus on how automation can be used to create immediate value. But before we kick off, I'm very excited to introduce Martin Milthorpe from UiPath, who is here to help us explore today's discussion. So Martin, welcome. Thank you, Russell. Good morning. Pleasure to be speaking with you and uh, your audience. Thank you. Nice. So Martin, I had a look at your LinkedIn profile and you've got a a very rich and deep history of experience in the technology sector. There were some cool brand names in there uh, like Dell and Nokia. Uh, You're currently the regional partner director for Australia and New Zealand for UiPath, which of course is a recognised leader in RPA. Do you want to give us a bit of an overview of what that means? Well, firstly, so it's a a very funny intro. My my daughters would just say I'm an old man, but (laughs) intro. yeah, so, so I look after the, um, the partnership around New Zealand, have a team of people to build up those, our, our partners. They're absolutely critical to UiPath's growth. We're not building out our own services practice. We, we see partners as essential to what our customers need to successfully implement intelligent automation across their, their business. Everything from uh, you know, helping identify the opportunity and building the business case to process analysis, uh, the development and deployment of automations, ongoing management, um, proving the business case, and really, you know, that entire journey that uh, our customers need um, will, will be supported by our partner community across Australia and New Zealand. Nice. Uh, I think the beauty of that is is the perspective you're able to share uh, from a, a both a New Zealand and an Australian market perspective. Uh, so, kicking into the conversation. Uh, we're talking today around a set of slides and if you're listening to this uh, on the podcast drop down and have a look into the show notes and we're going to have a link to a video so if you would prefer uh, you can watch the video where you'll be able to see those slides as we talk through. So the first thing that to really kick into you've got some data here 
um, and it's based on 2019 research from HFS. So I guess the first question, do you want to give us an overview of market growth to date and where you see the RPA market going in the next 12 to 36 months? Sure, yeah, the market growth over the last few years where um, RPA really started taking off around about 2017. Um, uh, obviously, the, the, the initial phase of growth is phenomenal, which you can see by the yellow uh, bar here, where it was over 100% uh, year on year um, in that, you know, leading up to 2017. Um, obviously, the, the growth has tapered off simply because the market's, uh, you know, getting so much larger, but it's still growing phenomenally. You can see the uh, the, the red bar, when we look at 2020, the, the 1.48 uh, billion US dollars there that um, HFS uh, it, uh, is expecting this year is the software side of it. So everything such as you know, robotic process automation, um, intelligent OCR, um, you know, NLP, you know, natural language processing, all the elements around RPA software, uh, and then the blue being the, the uh, services uh, piece on top of that. So you can see it's uh, growing really fast. Um, we're, we're seeing these numbers pan out in the Australian New Zealand market. We grew 375% uh, last year. That was off a, a smallish base in Australia and New Zealand, but you know we were still in the millions in the year before. Uh, very rapid growth. I think that that shows you um, not, not just you know that we're investing and growing, but also that our customers are really seeing value uh, from the automations that they're getting. Um, and uh, it's 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 been ex you know extraordinary results for, for many of our customers. So I think that's why we market grow really fast. It's a big opportunity. So, so to put this into perspective, uh, you know, 2020 is projected to be 5.8 billion dollars globally, and that grows to 13.150 billion dollars in, in 2023. So we're now talking about a, a really significant market. I think what's interesting is, and the way this data is presented, it, it shows the split between software slash technology expenditure and RPA services, and, and it, that split remains relatively constant across the growth profile of, of around about 75% to services, 25% to software. What's your, you know, what's your view on that split, and why why does it sit at that ratio? Well, it, I think a lot of it is that the a lot of what we're selling from a software perspective is the unattended robot licenses, uh, which uh, you'll find in the back office um, of a business. So, in, you know, automating things like finance and accounting type types of processes. If you think about accounts payable as, as a process, um, it, you know, it's a complex process. It's got hundreds of steps in it when you think about, um, and, you know, the exceptions involved in that. So that the services work to map out that process, all the kinds of exceptions, for example, why would you approve and pay a purchase order versus why would you reject it? Um, you know, is it missing information? Was it not approved? Um, values don't match. All these sorts of exceptions that can come up in those types of business processes create for a, you know, a, a relatively complex um, uh, piece of services work. And that, that's why you see this delta here. So what may be, um, you know, 10, 20,000 US dollars worth of software per process may take you know, 40, 50, even up to 100,000 US dollars in terms of the services work around that process. Um, I think what we'll start to see over time, though, is we start to move more into what we call attended automation, things like contact center automation, the, the software versus services will step in the other direction, and that market's really starting to, to take off. So we're seeing um, contact center wins and, and 
uh, people at the desktop level, their own personal process. I mean, is you know, the market our customers have really gone after more complex processes to start with, and that's why you see that a big gap there. That's a, a really interesting perspective, and you know, if we assume that this data is based on call it unattended automation and back office processing, as you point out, that you know, we are moving into you know, some key trends around attended automation and also around user-led automation with, with um, citizen developers. And it's almost necessarily going to start creating some interesting, uh, call it segments across the starter, right? Because certainly when we're talking about attended and, and, and citizen-led, we would expect to see a far you know, greater level of, um, of software only versus services. So, yeah, that's cool. But I think the key messages, you know, you, you mentioned, if I sort of close this off, I worked this out, and since 2007, the RPM market has maintained a, a compounding annual growth rate of over 30% per year, and mm. that's con- projected to continue until 2023. So the, the key messages from me would be that robotic process automation has been on a very rapid growth curve, and the second key message is that it will continue to grow rapidly and we're going to see the technology assume a more prominent position in the enterprise environment. Absolutely. And I think it's going to move from being a, a tool to a strategic part of the way organisations uh, do business, hence the growth. If I jump down to your path specifically for a second, and I was doing some digging yesterday, so uh, I, I got this information from Wiki, our Wikipedia, and I'll drop this link into the show notes. Uh, here's a couple of facts they had in there, and one of them is, well, actually, this this is known, right? UiPath is consistently recognised as a leading RPA platform. In 2019, UiPath exceeded 5,000 customers worldwide, and I think what's more significant about that is it's up from 700 and cu- 700 customers in 2016, which reflects a- around about 600% growth. Uh, in 2019. US 568 million was pumped into UiPath and Series D funding. That's on top of previous funding rounds, which totaled about 408 million, uh, giving the the company evaluation. Uh, I realise these numbers get a bit subjective sometimes of, of seven billion, and we're we're walking into you know an impending IPO. So UiPath as a technology has been on this amazing journey. So I guess my question, you know, from your perspective. How does the market growth uh, in the, you know, over the next few years relate to you guys? Uh, well, absolutely, we, we expect to be a, a big part of it. Um, we're you know, very fortunate, well, I'm very fortunate to be at UiPath um, and we're very fortunate uh, to have been uh, ranked number one by Gartner and Forrester uh, in this space as an RPA software vendor. Um, I think for us, um, it's, it's about uh, staying relevant for customers. How do we deliver successful outcomes to customers? And so everything we do, uh, from the way we sell, um, the, the partnerships we build up, um, the, the platforms that we, we take to market, um, it's all geared around customer success. And that, that's what is going to drive our growth. Um, so yeah, it, it literally, it's just part of our DNA. Um, so we've, we've, been, we've moved from being, you know, I suppose, simply uh, you know, an RPA software vendor to really thinking about how do we become a, a, an automation platform? So we've acquired some companies, built new tools, really to start to round out our portfolio for customers. So how do they you know, identify the opportunity, um, get smarter at finding things to automate? Because I think ideation is a real challenge in the market, right through to you know, proving the business case, delivering it, supporting it, um, and having a lot of flexibility around on-prem and cloud, 
and I think by, by really rounding out and having um, you know a full automation platform and and different ways that customers can deploy uh, will, will help us uh, grow and, and you know take you know take you'll continue taking a great share of this month. Yeah, it's a great point, and so I know we're going to touch on those a bit later. But up to this point, we've been talking about market growth and. The other side of that, of course, is the adoption of RPA technology by the businesses themselves. And again, we've got some, some data, it's 2019 data from HFS, and I'm, I'm curious around your interpretation of how RPA is being adopted in the marketplace. Yeah, that's, that's a really great point. You know, we can talk about having thousands and thousands of customers, but the question is, where are they really at on the, on the life cycle? So, for example, there's a concept in sales of winning a new logo, but, but if you know you could win, you know, an, you know, a huge new um, customer, so you know, a recognised brand name. Um, but if you've only sold them a couple of licences, you haven't really helped them, you know, transform their organisation. That's not digital transformation. That's they've just bought a tool that's going to sit in the corner, that realistically is is not part of a strategic program. If it's a if it's a small deal that's automated one or two things, if an organisation has hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands. Of employees, you know, the potential for automation is going to be huge. Take cost business, increase revenue, um, you know, build their business continuity planning around uh, coronavirus. You know, if, if their workforce now has to work from home, does everyone have a laptop and remote access? Or you know, and what happens to? Uh, I, I was talking about um, there's a, an organisation in Victoria yesterday. Their contact centre staff have just moved to work from home, but everyone had a desktop computer. So they've taken laptops off corporate staff to give them to the to the to the contact center stuff, they weren't ready. So you think, okay, so we've now kept the the um, contact center going, but what happens to the corporate staff? How do they do their jobs? So you think, well, how, do, how can automation help around that business continuity planning? So so that's what I talk about. You know, when you think about scaled up and industrialized, which is that that um, bucket where it, um, the circle is there on this HFS slide, only about 13% of organizations can really say they've, they've industrialized automation. It's, it's right across their business. It's in multiple departments. It's helping their marketing organization identify new opportunities and it's helping their HR um, organization uh, assess um, job applications and, and go through um, both, uh, you know, assessing uh, people's resumes right through to onboarding new employees, automating those processes, those tedious things, what they're doing in IT, sales, uh, finance, procurement, Right across the business, the whole business uh, is benefiting in, in all sorts of different ways from automation. So we're saying, yep, over 5,000, or actually over 6,000 customers worldwide now. And uh, we're saying about 13% have really scaled up and industrialized. So, you know, there's another 27% of moving into production. So there's still a huge opportunity within our existing customer base uh, to help them scale up and working with partners on identifying those opportunities and, and Putting in the right operating model, um, so it's not enough to just go in there and automate a process and and figure out how to manage it. It's how do you start to embed this into the organisational operating model? So you know everything around governance, risk, compliance. Um, how do you support it? How do you identify opportunities? How do you prove the value? You know if you're not proving the value of automation, then in a year's time where you know you've got to um, go back to the CFO to approve you know the renewal of the software licences. And, and the support and maintenance of them, then the CFO goes, well, what's, what's the value to the organisation? I think it's really important to, that we're proving the value, uh, not just to justify ongoing spend, but in, inject additional 
expenditure into automation. So yeah, this just shows, you know, we're still on, on a journey. There's a lot of growth in our existing customers as well as the overall market. There's interesting comments. And so again, confirming, you know, as you say, this data is showing 13% are scaled, 27% are currently moving to production and 34% are piloting right now. So without doing the maths, that, that would suggest around 60% of businesses, according to the survey, are involved in touching RPA and automation in some way, shape or form at this point. And I guess my question would be, you know, how that, that 13% who have scaled up, how quickly do you expect to see that grow? I, I think it's going to take um, quite a while. I, I think, you know, by the time we say get that 27% moving into production to scale up and industrialise, I think that's probably... Uh, the, over the next couple of years, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there's. Um, it, it's not a technology transformation. It's it's a cultural business transformation, and uh, you know all those things around um, how businesses operate, how they decide. To, you know, if you're going to say build a new business unit, how do they, um, you know, figure out what needs to be done? What, what do we use humans for? What do we use robots for? Um, obviously, virtual robot, software robots. Um, I think that's going to take time. Um, the way people make decisions, the, um, how people, um, you know, people not having to work nights anymore, not having to work weekends, literally. Um, you know, people just overjoyed at having a robot you know, augmenting what they do, um, taking away that, that tedium. Um, so, you know, that, that said, of course, that there could be um, you know, changes to people's jobs. Um, some positions will be lost uh, over time. But uh, most of what we've seen um, in Australian New Zealand marketplace is, is people's roles have changed, and, and that that does require you know cultural adjustment, change management, and being considerate towards those people. Um, that there is definitely change put, um, driven by AI and RPA, uh, but overall we're seeing um, some really positive benefits from it. Everything from you know happier happier employees to happier customers. I uh, I want to touch on coronavirus, and, and I'm cautious not for us to run down that rabbit hole. Um, we, we were having a conversation uh, before we started recording, which I think is really relevant. And the question I want to ask is, how do you see, and for reference, you know, if, you're, if you're listening to this later, this is uh, 17th of March. So we're, we're right in the middle of, I guess, this exploding globally and, and businesses being really unaware of the impacts this is going to have. You know, how, how do you see coronavirus affecting you know, the, how businesses adopt RPA? And necessarily, you know, for those guys that have got it in, where do you see the opportunities? And before I hand over to you, answer, I do want to, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've sort of caught this, but, you know, UiPath as a technology business, I got one this morning that you guys have built a, a process and that process is designed to help businesses screen their staff uh, for a health check. So basically check in on their staff on a daily basis and right. give a summary report back to um you know, back to the, the relevant business stakeholders and more importantly, uh, you've open sourced it and, and put it out there and said we've designed this to work with generic business platforms. So, you know, so I, I want to point out, you know, your team is, is coming forward and coming to the party and I guess being there for businesses. So, yeah, I guess if I loop this back to the, the question, how do you see coronavirus impacting, you know, adoption and, and where do you see the opportunities to help businesses through what is invariably going to be a challenging time? Yeah, so, so just to touch on um, the, the work that we've um, made available um, publicly, is, it came out of our team in China. 
um, which is about um, people just being able to very easily report on how they're feeling, uh, any symptoms, uh, basically a health check so that the company is aware. For example, if, if someone does have some symptoms, um, how do you know where have they been, which office are they in? And so, so you really want to quickly identify that um, to help isolate the right people. Um, you don't want to find out you know, two days later that you, you should have been isolating the whole office. Um, so, so that um, automation was put in place um, maybe five or six weeks ago um, in, a, in our China team, and we've made the um, automation available free on our website. Um, so uh, in terms of where we see uh, the, the RPA market, I think we'll continue to grow in our existing customers. I think it's going to be really difficult to um, to bring on new customers over the coming months during this. Um, we've got some customers that are you know, bunkering down, I suppose some of the more traditional organisations saying, hey, we're, we're going to um, save all our budget and put it in, into the war chest to, to get through this. Um, but we were talking about a customer yesterday that has... Um, uh, started to ramp up their automation. They, they see the more automation they can get done now, the better their business continuity uh, planning will be. Nice. Cool. Certainly agree with that. We're definitely hearing that uh, those same messages in the market. So in terms of having in place, being able to keep this uh, regardless of... Yeah. So look, it's, it's, it's mixed messages at the moment. Um, you know, maybe we'll see that, you know, the 2020 uh, growth that was predicted by HFS drop off a bit. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's hard to say right now. I suppose it largely depends how long it will last. But, but one of the things that gives me confidence is that not only can we continue to consult and sell, uh, you know, remotely and virtually with customers, but I know the majority of our partners can uh, deliver automation remotely. Um, they have experience doing that. Um, it's been happening uh, across countries, you know, between Australia and New Zealand. It's been happening across states where it's our partner based in Melbourne. Um, but working in Adelaide and Perth, um, but they don't have people flying there. They're able to actually work uh, remotely with the customers. So you know, it, it's possible to continue, um, you know, you know, implementing automation uh, during this. So I hope we can uh, provide the value and, and help our customers to keep the lights on. Yeah, I think that's a really critical point. You know, you talk about being able to, to deliver automation, you know, right through from planning to delivery to managing to deploying. You can do that remotely, and, and I think one of the biggest opportunities for business is, you know, once we get over this initial, um, call it shock and fear, we're going to be talking really extensively about business continuity. How do we ensure the continuity of business critical processes, of business critical uh, operations, and, and automation is going to play quite a significant role in that, as, and from my perspective, as businesses look to, you know, de-risk availability of people you know who, who are there and consistently through through sickness or fluctuating um, capacity from their people resources and, and, and more than ever it, it's going to become a conversation of, of how does the digital workforce and the human workforce integrate and what does that future operating model look like so I, I want to read out a quote here this is of course one of your slides and it says coming over the horizon is a new wave of opportunity related to the use of robotics machine learning and AI. And that, that's half the quote. And interestingly, this came from, it's from McKinsey, so bona fide source. And it's from three years ago now, it's from 2017. So in 2017, as a market, we were turning around and talking about this opportunity, which is coming over the horizon. And my personal perspective, when I look at, you know, I realize the term AI is, is quite broad. Um, 
you know, but robotics and machine learning, I think what we've seen is significant growth in those technologies individually, like no questions there. But I think what we're starting to see is the use of those technologies in concurrently or in tangent, however you want to frame it. Uh, and you guys, UiPath is certainly a, a major player in, in helping make that possible. So I guess what's your perspective on how these technologies are starting to be used together and where do you see that going in the short term? Yes, so certainly this, this slide is about the, uh, how organisations are going to um, compete and uh, you know, have a competitive edge uh, in the future leveraging these technologies. And, that, and they absolutely do come together. I see um, RPA, um, I think of a fishbone diagram. I think of the RPA as the, the kind of the backbone of the fish. And things like um, machine learning, AI, natural language processing, things like that uh, being the spines, things that you, you fit into it. So RPA is the glue that pulls it all together. Um, you know, I've seen some interesting automations from, think about, say, the university sector. The university sector in Australia is highly competitive uh, to win both domestic and foreign students. Um, and you know the university application process can be tedious, especially for um, foreign students with um, transcripts in different languages from their, their past education. And Sydney Uni has pulled together all these different um, elements. So um, things like you know uh, Amazon and Microsoft uh, AI, some of their own um, homegrown AI. Um, they're using Google Translate and OCR. It's like the full almost the full breadth of of um, options around an automation to take a, a, a transcript from a Chinese student that's written in Mandarin, to scan that into the system, translate it to English, reformat it into a way that the, the university's system understands and automatically assess their app. Um, you just think that my cost for the university it also means they can respond to the student far more timely uh, than they could in the past. And that could be the competitive difference between the student waiting for uh, a response from one university that might take a month to get back to them but being able to get back to them within the same day. You know, that, that's a competitive advantage by bringing all these different technologies together. Can I ask a question? And I guess that, that example, you know, that's, that's a perfect example of my view of where the ultimate, ultimate opportunity is. In your view, is it the leaders who are doing that right now? Or is, uh, is their application of technology you know, in relevant combinations, is that more mainstream than what I think it is right now? Uh, I wouldn't call it mainstream yet, and I think that's why we see 13% uh, on that previous slide. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are examples where uh, we're, we're seeing, say, customer service um, dramatically improve. Um, things like um, you know, customer call handling times, um, uh, call wait times, and things like that dramatically improve by uh, pro providing with an insurance company that. Uh, is putting their, their customers on hold for, for three and a half minutes at the end of the call to generate the policy documents and email them back to the customer. Uh, that process has gone from three and a half minutes down to 30 seconds. And that's, you know, that's saving time for the customer, producing a you know, better experience, um, and it takes some of the tedium away from what that person's doing. So that, um, you know, it's a great opportunity. For, you know, how do we improve customer service? How do we improve our operations and things like that? But I think we're really at the, the tip of the iceberg of the opportunity. I think at the moment, those sort of stories, um, they're out there, um, but the, the, there, there are dozens, not thousands. You know? So yeah. we're, we've got a long way to go to say it's a mainstream thing we all do. One of, and this is 
personal perception for me, I'm, I'm interested in your your insight on this. My general observation is that a lot of the time these technologies exist in businesses. You know, take, take machine learning as, as an example, uh, or natural language processing, but they they exist very separately. The, the you know machine learning is a, a team tucked in the corner around the back over there somewhere, and uh, you know natural languaging natural language processing is something else, kind of over there. So you know, I, I sort of view businesses as having these technologies, but they haven't yet internally structured their business to have those teams proactively working together to enable these opportunities. Do you, do you see that differently? Do you share that view? Do you have a, a different view on what's what's slowing businesses down in, in, in these opportunities? Well, I think only the largest organisations can afford to have a team that looks like that. That's why for us it's critical to have a partner ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, our customers, some of them will build a... Um, you know, uh, uh, maybe in practice, um, but you know, we have uh, hundreds of technology alliance partners, um, everything from you know AI, NLP, machine learning, um, data analytics. I mean, think of how many organisations out there like AWS, Google, Microsoft, Abby, Effisoft, Core AI, Data Robot. I mean, there's hundreds of organisations like that. It's just impossible, I think, for, um, any organisation to take it all on board. Um, even if you just pick one vendor from each space, it's you know there's a lot of complexity around that. Actually, the, the skills in the market, um, there aren't that many out there. So I think it's, it's critical that organisations think about what do they want to achieve? What are their strategic objectives around? So it's revenue growth, cost out, uh, customer satisfaction, um, how they want to grow and, and you know, compete in the future, and then, then find the right partners to, to bring those skills in, and then figure out what makes sense to build up internally around you know, some kind of automation centre of excellence and what they, they keep external because the, the skills are, are rare and they, they actually don't need them that much. So, man, at this point, I want to thank you for your time. I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, with some incredibly valuable messages. Uh, we have talked about the rate of growth of RPA in the market. We've talked about the adoption of RPA by businesses and we've delved right into intelligent automation and where the market is going uh, with the future of AI. And, and cognitive automation. Uh, a reminder, this has been part one of what is now a three-part content series. Uh, part two will be published next week. It will be hosted uh, in conjunction with Gary Green, who will be talking around how automation relates to the current challenges that are faced by businesses in a post-coronavirus business world. You were listening to another DX Talk, brought to you by Quantum, the future-focused pioneers for a new way of working. To drive change in your operating model through automation, or to subscribe for more episodes, visit quantum.co.nz.